So I was traveling from Richmond, Virginia to Maine, and I nice. flew into Baltimore and with Ashley and with Lucy, who's six, almost seven. Don't mm. get it wrong. Don't. She's not six. She no. is almost seven. <laughs> I bet you hear it every day. <laughs> and we got to the airport to get a rental and went out to the rental car parking mm-hmm. lot. And you know, at the big airports, it's huge. And there's all these, you just have to like go through the sea of cars and find yours and it's already open. Yeah. So we got there, but there's a lot going on with the luggage and I had to go find a, a children's seat and the guy didn't know where it was. And so mm. there's a lot going on. So much. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta feel, act like you feel bad for me. I feel so bad. There was a lot going on, Oof. and I opened the driver. I'm sorry. That sounds like a really tough day on your vacation. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm a sorry. Your life is Oof, tough. I'm telling you. So I'm get. I open up the driver's side door, and there's um like a stuffed gnome sitting in the seat, like a foot tall. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because we don't even speak of gnomes anymore. <laughs> True. Well, this. I think was in my head, you know, you and I can have this happen where the lines cross and I'm thinking the Priceline negotiator, like the okay. Priceline commercials uh, have that gnome guy who sits in the you, beach yeah. chair. You okay, know? So that's where we do speak of gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, in my head, I immediately thought, oh, Priceline, right. maybe they they give us a little gift mm-hmm. that's like a stuffed gnome <laughs> for your kid. Like, this You're, is so yeah, nice of them. So nice. And so already at this point of the okay. story, Ashley's lost because she's like, why, why Steve, there... would they have a stuffed gnome no. that's a foot tall? <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know. I was busy doing stuff. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Lucy, look, they give you a stuffed gnome. And I hand it to her thinking like it's a swag gift. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes. And she's so pumped. And she starts hugging it. Okay. So fast forward like two and a half hours later. Okay. We're on I-95. We've been on the highway for hours. And Lucy's still like loving the stuffed gnome and just like hugging it in the backseat. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> and I get the, a call and I've been getting lots of prank calls lately. So I see prank? the- Prank? Like getting pranked? <laughs> yeah, like a lot of fake calls. And so I thought the number was fake. And I was <laughs> right, like- Right, right. Um, well, you're going to pick it up. About to ignore it. it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, maybe that's, um, maybe that's Avis. Not Priceline. Okay. Avis is who the car is from. Oh. So why don't I pick it up? And I pick it up and it's the girl from the front desk at Avis. And she's oh. she's all nervous. And she starts saying like, sir, I'm just so sorry to bother you, but I just need a quick second of your time. And just something's come up and it's, it's really random. I'm so sorry. And she's doing all the like pre-apologizing. <laughs> You're like, what is it? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so finally she gets to it and she's like, did you by chance at all? I mean, I'm sorry if, but just by chance, did you have like a, I know this sounds weird, but like a stuffed gnome in the, in the car when you got in there. Did you say, yes, thank you for the gift. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I look back uh, and like, Lucy's hugging it and loving it. And I'm like, yeah, we did. What, what's the problem? Mm. And she's like, Oh, um, Oh my gosh. Thank goodness. Thank you. Um, Okay, this is kind of weird. This is going to sound really awkward, but um, you know, and I look back and Lucy's hugging the gnome and I'm like, I don't get the what's the problem. And she's like, oh, okay, um I'm really sorry this is really weird, but the previous owner, or the previous driver of the car, mm-hmm. she left it in there and I'm trying to get it back to her. Mm. Um, I'm so sorry. This is very awkward, but um it is inside the gnome is her mother's ashes. 
<laughs> and <laughs> I mean, it's on speaker at this point. We're just looking at each other. You're like, like, I'm sorry. Could you say that again? What, what was that? <laughs> and I look back and Lucy's hugging the gnome and like smiling like, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the call goes on and on and she does more apologizing and we're just like in shock, like, uh, and she's trying to help us figure out how to get it back to the owner and all this. Like, please, could like, you help? Cause there anything I'm like, yes, we can help. Right. Like, but also no, we've been in traffic for two hours. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm, driving back no. to, to the airport. So she somehow like, hangs up, makes calls, calls me back, back and forth and back and forth. Meanwhile, we're like, should we take the gnome out of her Wait, hands? I was, just, like, I was thinking, what was Ashley thinking? What like, do we do with the gnome situation in the back seat? This is awkward. I don't know. This seems weird. And so we're just kind of stunned. We're like, I guess we keep driving. Finally, the Avis person called back. She's like, okay, I figured it out. My sister happens to live like in the area where you are, she's coming home from work. If you could just pull mm-hmm. off the highway and meet her mm-hmm. at this rest stop, sure. like, mm-hmm. then she'll take it and get mm-hmm. it back to us. And at this point, I'm like, all I can think is we've either got like a bunch of drugs right. that my daughter is hugging or like this will be easy. We're on our way. So right. we do. We pull off the highway, meet the sister. She had had a bad day and she's staring at us like, what is this? And I'm laughing like, here like, you go. Here's Have a gnome. good day. Like, like, I mean, I don't even, you don't really even know how to reply to that story because I can't recall anyone having a gnome with ashes in it ever in my life. And a gnome. The and selection, gnome. let's talk about the, the selection like, of a gnome. I've, I could think like a dog or like a, you know, like a like a stuffed dog or someone's favorite kitty, you know, a kitty cat or, oh, this is what mom loved. But the gnome right. is very Not a box, not specific. an urn. And it's like, it's hidden inside a stuffed animal. This is drugs for mm-hmm. sure. But like, <laughs> you know, the person had said, oh, I think she was trying to have padding around it to protect mm-hmm. it. So you don't think the gnome had significance? You think <laughs> it was just padding? I have no idea. And then, of course, as I've told people a story, they're like, wait, but maybe the... But she was holding it on the airplane. So mm-hmm. why need mm-hmm. the gnome? And like, why? how would you forget it in the car? No, that's the weird part, too. We'll never know. We'll never know. But whoa. What was in the gnome? You in a gnome I with the mother's know. ashes in it. And your daughter was snuggling it. Yeah. So <laughs> the sister who picked it up, I was like, well, maybe you're... I know your day's still kind of bad and weird, but maybe yeah. you just like saved somebody. You so. maybe did. <laughs> you helped that somebody is a, out there. That's a, that's a vacation story. That was my I, vacation story. Yeah, I, I don't have one like that. <laughs> it was just so weird. <laughs> like is. we traveled hours yeah. then after that on the highway because there's really bad traffic. Did you like reflect on this one for a while on your vacation? Like, did you like go, did this happen? We never brought it up again yeah. until after the vacation. <laughs> we were like, silent. did that happen? Silent. Let's just hold on. Silent. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, uh, anyway. It's hysterical. All right. We really should start this podcast. Don't you think so? Yes. Yeah. But hey, wait a minute. I got the mic right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to oh, like, no. can we have a moment? Because <laughs> oh, no. I am going to introduce myself today. Mm. I just, because I feel like everybody's like, I don't know if you ever saw the old cover, but it's like half his face. And I was like a guest for what, three years? Three yeah. years. Yeah, I, I am, I am your co host. Sunday Marquardt, head of coaching and development. You are Steve Perkins, and I have been your co-host for the last almost three years. Well, I don't know. Your face uh, wasn't on the cover, so I, I don't know. But yeah. Um, well, 
Okay, today you can today? be. How about today you're promoted to host? Oh my god, I'm so excited! You can be the host. I'm just a nobody. You can take my face off. Yeah, put your face on. Okay, but we've rebranded and there's no faces anywhere. So thank goodness. I mm. actually that was the weird part is I actually because we would always joke about this off the mic. Mm-hmm. Like your face wasn't on it, even though yeah. you're on like every episode. Yeah, uh-huh. but I actually Co-host. hated my face being on it because mm-hmm. I'm the type who like doesn't want to be the one on stage. Yeah, but if you had <laughs> asked me to rebrand it, it would have been all about my face. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but people would like that. They don't uh, want my no, face. Let's be kidding. honest. Um, okay. Well, today I wanted to talk about the three. They're all P's too. The three P's. So it's going to be super memorable. I know. It's right. so cool. <laughs> But I Isn't wanted to cool? talk about the really cool. how creative businesses, coaching businesses, basically like people helping or service-based businesses can get more clients. Mm. And what's interesting is if you're not in that space, don't turn it off yet because a lot of the principles apply yeah. to um, other scenarios about uh, growing in your career or even job search. We find there's so much um, kind of overlap between this stuff. But uh, specifically to entrepreneurs who might be, maybe they have a side hustle, maybe you own and run a business already, or maybe you're thinking about it. I just think there's so much noise out there. There's Mm -hmm. so many things you're supposed to do. And if you get on social media, you're just done because (laughs) there's so many tips and hacks and things you're supposed to do and you get really overwhelmed. And so over the years of going through it myself and coaching others, I've been trying to hone it in more and more of like, what are the few things that actually matter? Yeah, that's very true. Because I feel like even with job seekers, just like you said, a lot of advice. So sometimes what we do well at Greenhouse is to try to synthesize all that advice and just be like, start here. So yeah. So the fact that you're doing that for our listeners today, it's going to be helpful. Well, I was looking up and it, 99% of businesses in the US, so this is according to the SBA. So it's probably changed a little since they pulled this step. But mm-hmm. still, this is to me like remarkable. Over 99.9% of businesses in the U.S. are small businesses, mm. like the wow. way they, they define it. And I don't know about you. I did That surprised me for sure. I knew it was high, but not anywhere near that. And I think maybe it's confusing because the big companies are the biggest brands. They're the ones yeah. you hear about the most, mm-hmm. the household names, mm-hmm. like they're big companies, but they actually occupy a small amount of kind of the, the market. So... I don't know if you know the answer to this, so I'm sorry if I'm asking something, uh-huh. but like, do you know like the number of what defines a small business? Like how many people or? I don't remember how they define it, okay. but I think it's by um, revenue, not by people. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to write me hate mail on that and yeah. correct me, please do, <laughs> yeah. because I actually don't know. Okay. Um, but a lot of those small businesses are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs. Mm-hmm. A lot are service-based business. And the during the pandemic, you know, those stats grew because people were starting their own thing. People were more and more starting side hustles or doing some, you know, freelancing or gig economy. A lot of people have kind of a portfolio of jobs. They had to. So many of them were like forced into it too because their their jobs were gone. And they're like, we got to get creative. I know. And it's it's interesting to me how um, there's, there's kind of this shift towards people at least trying a business. And so a lot of people in the entrepreneurial community talk about, oh, 80-some percent of new businesses fail in the first five years. And that stat is so outdated. And I think it's actually it's mm. pretty wrong at this point mm-hmm. because the whole landscape has just shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially young people, you know this because your husband teaches um, 
business students in the university, but uh, a lot of people who are just growing up now are assuming they're going to do something entrepreneurial. It's almost like assumed Mm -hmm. that everyone's Mm -hmm. going to. (laughs) Yeah. I have a 19 year old who is like, like that's, uh, she's always like, there's no excuse to not have any money because everybody should have a side hustle. Yeah. She feels like everyone should have a little something extra to be, and then maybe eventually becomes the thing. That's her goal. Yeah. Yeah. 19. Yeah. Which when you read about the gig economy, it's more about like people who drive Uber or Lyft. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. The gig economy is about like people now have multiple sources of income. Yeah. So I have a few friends who do like rental properties on the side Mm -hmm. and they'll save up and buy a house and fix it up and rent it out or or like condos or apartment complexes. And that they still hold like a nine to five job, but they do that on the side and maybe some other things sell something on Etsy. And it's like, that that's the gig economy. So that's why I think the whole this topic applies to a lot of people, not just people who identify solely as like business business owners. owners. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think that um, these service based businesses, a lot of the motivation and drive is to make an impact. You know, it's like you and I. We want to help people. We want to do something meaningful. We want to have a positive impact. And there's also this. Um, more selfish side of it of I want freedom and flexibility and my lifestyle, which I don't think it's bad. I'm not saying selfish as in bad. I just think there's like, there's usually the altruistic side as well as the, Hey, I want more of the lifestyle that I Mm -hmm. desire side of it. And so, um, what happens in this is we can get, uh, people who want to help others and that's what they're focused on. And so they do that really well and they're focused on that all the time, but then they don't make enough money right. to survive and to keep doing that. And so the problem becomes you've got all these altruistic people who want to help the world, but they don't make enough money to keep helping the world. And so the business dies or mm-hmm. they're struggling personally. Right. So my motivation with this episode is how can you actually get more clients, make consistent good money? so that you can keep doing more of what you want to do. I think it's a unique thing with service businesses where a lot of product businesses or traditional companies, that doesn't seem to be the struggle as much because their whole focus is making money. All right, so the three Ps are problem, process, and plan. And I think that, well, let's just dive into each of them. Yeah, It's really simple, actually. But the first one's the biggest one, problem. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what problem do you solve? It's a great question. <laughs> I remember I lead with that one. Sometimes when I'm making a quick video or something like, I'll be like, what's the problem? Oh, yeah. It catches people because there's always a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if I am doing something and get your feedback, you're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Scratch that intro. Just mm-hmm. like, what's the what's, what's the problem? The problem? Mm-hmm. And it's so simple that we miss it. And especially creatives and coaches and people in the, that field tend to be, um, they focus on the nuance. They overthink it. They focus mm-hmm. on the opportunity. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. but this, like, if you work with me, like, we could achieve this. And it's very opportunity oriented, but that is not what people pay for. Mm -hmm. People pay to solve a problem that hurts and that is causing them pain. And that's why they pull out their wallet. So especially coaches, creatives, you have to think about, okay, yes, your service will enhance somebody's life or business. Mm -hmm. Cool. But what's the problem that it solves? And I mean, that was the major shift for me for for years. I was actually just talking about 
the upside and the opportunity and, oh, you mm-hmm. could find more fulfillment in your career and you could really yeah. like grow and develop and be better leader. And that, <laughs> like as mm-hmm. much as people want that, they don't pay for that. No. No, they pay to solve a problem. So for us at Greenhouse, the big shift was, oh, when people are feeling stuck and trying to make a shift in their career, now this is a problem people mm-hmm. actually want to solve. Mm-hmm. And so um, you can still talk about the opportunity or the upside, but what problem do you solve is usually the first big game changer for a service-based mm-hmm. business. Yeah, I have a memory of us walking around the neighborhood somewhere around the pandemic and you were being like, so Sunday, what <laughs> problem are we solving in your own words? You were just yeah, around this. And we were just trying yeah. to brainstorm of like how to, it's easy. I guess my point is it sounds easy, but it's actually kind of hard sometimes to figure out what is the, what is actually the problem yes. to articulate it. So I know. Yeah, that's why like there's I mean people do an entire coaching engagements around this because it's so it is hard to figure out sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that when we were walking and talking about that, we um oh yeah, it was around like companies. So we yeah, work with teams. Corporate why do people coach. what's problem yeah. cuz so much of it is around oh we want better engagement rates and mm-hmm. we want to like, you know, help help people mm-hmm. to grow and become better leaders. And it's like, it's like but what's wah, the problem wah. it solves? <laughs> and I think you said at some point you're like, okay, step back. Like, honestly, it's just teams are dysfunctional and mm-hmm. there's all kinds of communication breakdowns and we just help teams get better at working mm-hmm. together. And it was like, boom. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, we came up with several in there too, uh-huh. but it was absolutely right. Yeah. It, it was hard, but it was actually easy once we like stepped back uh-huh yeah, so it's a, that's a great tip what's the problem yeah okay so what problem do you solve and you can think about whatever that pain point is whatever is keeping that potential client awake at night there's usually two sides of it too there's kind of like the internal angst mm-hmm. the feeling and sometimes there's also like an external part that's more tangible mm-hmm. so maybe i don't know on the team scenario it's like you're feeling like things are dysfunctional and it's nothing's working. But externally, the problem is also that it's causing a lot of like um, problems in the work mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're here in Joe Wise's, you know, studio for the first time, which by the way, it's exciting. We've changed spots. Studio. And I was thinking to myself, you know, what's Joe's problem? Like, in, oh, there's like, a lot yeah. of them. <laughs> so many problems. <laughs> I thought. so many but it's actually like it feels very simple like i simply have a problem because i don't know how to do a podcast Mm -hmm. and he clearly does yeah like it's so but that's the problem the problem is that you and i are we work in a business where we want to have a podcast. we don't know how right no that okay can we play on this example because it would be easy for joe to market his you know podcast engineering and media services as like oh you could grow a bigger following exactly you could reach more people yeah. mm-hmm. you could grow your business Mm-mm. cool but like literally why i was like can i pay you joe is because i am tired of trying to edit and figure it out myself and i don't have enough time it's no, like we just don't know how that's why we i don't have pay. the time yeah simply that could be your slogan boom you don't have time you don't know how call joe wise <laughs> yeah honestly this has been a great coaching session <laughs> Well, I told you you could, you could really grow through our coaching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think that one makes sense, right? I, I think it does make sense. All right, boom. <laughs> All right, number two. So number one is, 
what problem do you solve? Number two is the process. And this is what is your unique process that solves that problem? Because everyone in a service business has maybe their own take on it or what makes them like why people like that person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what's your unique way of going about it? And the thing that this does is it gives people confidence that you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a process, you've seen it, right? So many Mm -hmm. consultants or creative businesses, they're like, just trust me, I'm awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I believe you, but I'm paying a lot of money here. What if if the output is terrible? What Mm -hmm. if I don't like how this goes? And so we can be so familiar with our own work that we just want people to like trust that we're amazing. Well, they're really nervous, especially if you're a website designer and it's going to be 20 grand. What if I hate the website? (laughs) Um, You know, if you are, I don't know, you teach music lessons. Like, what if my kid gets nothing out of it Mm -hmm. and hates it? Now I'm already, you know, $1,000 lost. So yeah, you have to have a process and also know how to explain the process. And I would say this one's really hard for business owners too, mm-hmm. because I mean, even myself having my own side business, especially before I stepped in and learned so much from you, honestly, it was like, I really did get hired by reputation because we were like, she's amazing, but I really didn't have any process behind it. And so sometimes I wasn't actually the right fit for certain clients because I couldn't explain why I wasn't here, yeah. or why someone or what they would want or what's the process to get there. Yeah. I kind of intuitively knew it, but I hadn't really taken the time to like, Lay it out. And I lost clients because of it. Well, I think that's a perfect example because where you did get the clients was the word of mouth because people who had experienced you were like, oh, trust me, she's amazing. Right. That so boom, sold. But if people don't have that, forget it. Then you're like (laughs) that and no process, forget about it. Uh, so I just think unknowns are scary. That yeah. is the human brain. So true. We're scared of what we don't know. It's kind of like the horror movies. Before you see the villain, you're you're more scared of it. And so people don't trust things they can't see. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're going to be hesitant to buy if yeah. they can't know how it's going to go. And so you got to have mm-hmm. um, a process that says, hey, your money is going to produce good results. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Like I have these booms. It, sometimes it can just be three steps, but it's yeah. like, here's how it works. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm uniquely good at coaching because people are always really energized and I, I help them like know their next steps. And so they always get results. And so here's how it works. Step one, two, three. Mm -hmm. And this is the process that I go by. All of a sudden they're like, Ooh, you know what you're doing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, even if that was totally made up, they're still going to feel way more confidence now. (laughs) Are we telling people to make fake processes? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like all these shell websites. (laughs) Um, but we create fake processes and fake promises. Trust me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Such a great point. Yeah. So I think that speaks for itself. It does. Know the problem you solve and show your unique way of solving that problem. And then your chances of creating a paying client are going to get way higher. So step three is the plan. And Really what I mean by that is what's your plan for the business, especially if you're starting or new, you kind of need to know um, how you're going to uh, stay organized and focus on the things that matter. Mm-hmm. You need to know like what are the numbers and how much money do you need to make and how's that going to work? And and then really have a bit of a, okay, what's my rhythm each week, each month for this? So mm-hmm. I'm not talking like 100-page business plan. I think Thank that's God. honestly yeah. like kind of out of style unless you are 
a major tech startup yeah. with a lot of funding. For service-based businesses or solopreneurs, it's just like just know what you're what you're going after. Mm-hmm. Have a few numbers, know mm-hmm. your income, know um like what the goals are and how you're going to stay focused. It's really funny. You know how you get tired sometimes right before you made your point. I actually checked out for just a quick second. I was uh-huh. a little tired. And I actually, you know, you didn't go over these notes with me, so I don't know what you're going to say. So I was listening for the next P uh-huh. and I just heard paying client. And I thought, <laughs> I thought point three is paying client. Paying client. Yeah. Make them pay. <laughs> Like, tell them I, I was need waiting money. for you to like, I was like, okay, we're going to, and then you're like, okay, so number three is actually the plan much better than that. But the plan <laughs> is to get a paying client. Except, oh no, <laughs> I actually have had people pitch me where like their whole pitch of why I should buy their service is because they need money. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that many times. It's like, uh, I, I really need more clients. So I want you to you're <laughs> sign like, dude, up. That is not my problem. <laughs> Wrong problem. Yeah. <laughs> But actually, maybe there is a step forward. It's like you <laughs> Shut up. No, there isn't. The client pay. Called, I checked out for a minute. Okay. But um, I think usually what happens is if I'm coaching a business owner, it's like, all right, ideally on paper, you should have this big vision and then you know, know your goals and objectives and then like figure it all out in the mm-hmm. details from there. No, no one has enough time for that. We actually flip it on its head. Like start with, I think the realistic approach is like start with, okay, what do you need now? And what's like, What's the focus right now? What's the next kind of financial milestone? And then we can get to the bigger goals and stuff Mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. Uh, That stuff matters. But really, at first, it's like, how much do you need to make? How, you know, what is what's going to come in revenue wise and what's going to be the profit as you start to sell this service? And then how do you stay focused on the activities that make that happen versus all the, I don't know, the shiny stuff, the stuff that you're supposed to be doing, the stuff that everyone else says to do? Well, that's really interesting that you would summarize it that way, because I feel like if someone just says, have a plan, Mm -hmm. that already feels overwhelming to me because Mm -hmm. it's too vague. Have a plan for what? How to get to the (laughs) store? Do you know what I mean? Like how (laughs) to buy the, which plan are you talking about? And so I like the way that you say that it's like a plan for like what matters most. Like that's what's going to keep you there. Because you're at all these, there's so many things that can really distract you. And you are great at that at Greenhouse where you'll sometimes sense that we're kind of focusing on things that are maybe getting us away from the things that matter most right now. It's so easy. And if the the second you say, I'm an entrepreneur or I'm starting a business, your phone heard that and your whole feed is full of marketing hacks for the next, the rest of your life. (laughs) And all the marketing hacks are always these like, amazing things that are going to change your life and 10x your business. And it's really easy to feel like you need to do all of them. Mm -hmm. Plus, you need to be on the hamster wheel of social media. Totally. Plus, you need to... And it's just like, honestly, what you need to do is get a few paying clients. Mm -hmm. And there's very few activities that make that happen. And Mm -hmm. if you focus Focus on those, those. everything's going to be great. (laughs) And I'm speaking from experience of falling into all the traps. Yeah, because when you first started this, you didn't have a social media plan Mm-mm. It was just find those first few clients. And I did. Yeah. Thankfully, I had a great coach who has another good podcast. His name is John Ramstead. And he was really a big advocate of that. He's like, you don't even need a website. Everyone thinks you need a website to, to start. start. No, yeah, you don't. Like you need true. money. <laughs> so yeah. he and that myself both got paying clients without mm-hmm. having a website, without mm-hmm. having social media or any of that stuff or like a fancy plan around it all. It was mm-hmm. just okay, here are the steps I'm going to take to get paying clients. Right, so a very to, basic process. Yeah, and to deliver a great service mm-hmm. and they share it with others. 
And this is how week after week I'm going to focus on those things Mm -hmm. because those are not the sexy things. And so we want to spend our time on the exciting stuff. Building a business is all the not exciting stuff Mm -hmm. at first. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, you have to keep like making connections with people, following up with them. Like it's, it's, it's repetitive, repeating tasks that are not cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think that's why I got so hooked on the idea of a weekly planning rhythm that Mm -hmm. like keeps you focused on those things. Mm not all the other distractions. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, whatever it is, 85% of new businesses fail in the first five years. Mm. It's because they're doing all this extra stuff that doesn't matter. I can't tell you how many people, pretty much 100% of the business owner clients I've coached, the first thing they ask is like, all right, I got to get my website together. What's the first thing they say? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's bad to do that. I think there's a lot of good in that, but you really... I think people feel like, I'm thinking, they, they feel like they're like not legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they feel afraid of. It's like if I sell you this service and you go to click or but even even outside people feel that way sometimes. They actually feel sometimes like you're not legit. Yeah. But in on the website piece. So that's a that's a tough obstacle sometimes to get over. It is. And I do think okay, if I was to go back and change something, I probably would have got the website dialed in sooner. Okay. But I did build to a six-figure business without mm-hmm. a website that was at all that it was yeah. like nowhere near yeah. what it needed to be. You just end there. Boom. Boom. <laughs> 10x your business overnight. Yeah. No, I, I I think that is a huge point because it's so discouraging then. Yeah. To feel like, uh, um, however many a year or multiple years into my business, mm-hmm. still not enough money. Yeah. Because you've sunk it all. But have you seen my website? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're thinking. I know. But you know. People like Joe who can build their own oh, different yeah. story, right? Mm-hmm. If you can That's build right. your own Joe, website, you, probably started you should there. do it. So yeah, when I say plan, I agree with you. Sometimes plan can feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea of business plan. And mm, a lot of entrepreneurs are scary. like, yeah, the big elephant in the room is most yeah. business owners still don't know what a business plan is, <laughs> but we all like are supposed to know what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. No. It, and it's because a lot of times you don't need it unless you're trying yeah. to like buy and sell a business yeah. or raise a bunch of venture capital or angel money. Like a lot of solopreneurs and service businesses, you don't need all that. Like your plan is just what's going to make the money? How are you going to do that consistently? And how are you going to kind of keep the other distractions out? So I think it can be a really simple plan, but the flip side, and this is what I see a lot, is people are just. Um, basing their business on hope. <laughs> I mean, it's not like hope is so bad. <laughs> They're just kind of people like... People <laughs> do not have hope. <laughs> hope is Number terrible. one tip. <laughs> but you can't just uh, have hope. No, I was totally guilty of that. Like, I'm telling you. like I just hope a client I, I made all in. these mistakes, you know. I just... I, I did too. I was, I was like, just like, I hope. And, and to be crazy enough to start a business, usually you're very optimistic. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I thought that too. I mean, I would just think month after month, I'd be like, well, next month we're going to get something big. I hope we do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so what steps are you yeah. taking to make that happen? Absolutely. Nothing, but no. ah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Like something's going to be mm-hmm. great. So I, I do think, Sunday, you might remember this. Somebody said, somebody in our membership community said, oh, cause like Steve, he's like the organization like guru. And I'm like, I'm not organized at all. Like the reason I'm a fan, I'm such a fanatic about like the weekly planning rhythm is because I'm so bad at planning. And it's like, without that, I don't know how to make it happen. So yeah, it's just, instead of just hoping it'll happen, 
like you're have? making it happen. No, I would hundred percent agree with that. People on the outside would definitely say you are very organized, but what you did so well was you knew actually what you needed to get. You needed processes to, and a plan to, to become that organized person yeah. because on your own, you probably would have stayed in the land of hope. I don't know. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> and even after I had the processes, it was years of not following yeah. them. Cause yeah. I'd be like, Oh, I'm supposed to call 10 new contacts. Yeah. Cool. Not going to do that today. And then it would like, <laughs> Who wakes up ever wanting to do that. <laughs> like six months later, I still haven't caught, made those yeah. 10 calls or like LinkedIn messages. I'm like, yeah, not going to do it. So I, yeah, if without some kind of system, I was never going to do it. And that's why I'm, become just more uh, passionate what have you become Mm. is that is that is that a deep question there (laughs) (laughs) you become someone that i like to work for because these things are in place so thank you very much boom Boom. that's it Mm -hmm. that was the point of this episode it was it really was but we do have like these three steps are kind of the foundation of entrepreneur and business owner coaching within our community so the greenhouse method coaching membership is really a place to get coaching around this Mm Um, to get kind of the steps and the tools um, to make this happen, to Mm -hmm. kind of get your system set up, to get your plan in place. Um, And what I like is there's other people in the same boat. And so a lot of times the creatives or the coach types are feeling like the community helps to know, oh, I'm not, I'm not the only one feeling this Mm -hmm. because it's a similar, similar problems we're all facing. So I don't think it's for people who, sell physical products for example but if you have services then um i think it's actually a really good place to kind of work on this stuff and get it dialed in so if you're interested in that by the way uh greenhousecoaching.co has all the information where you can sign up and you can choose to either kind of learn and and implement the stuff on your own Mm -hmm. or you can actually get one-on-one coaching um to kind of have a thought partner or to have someone hold you accountable to taking the steps So it's kind of whatever path is better for you. Both of them are there. All right. If you're feeling stuck trying to get your business off the ground, or if you're still thinking about if and how and what you should start uh, to have your own thing, but you are a little overwhelmed with all the things you're supposed to do, not sure where to start, need some extra accountability to really focus on the things that matter. We are starting a business owner group in 2023. Um, I'm very, very excited about this because this is a lot of what I coach around and really a lot of it, a lot of it is lessons that came out of my own experience, leaving the corporate environment, starting a business, growing that and making it sustainable. And so it'll really be a group where we talk about the three key things that really make it work. And so no matter where you're at in that pre or during or post starting a business, this is for you. It's six weeks long. It's a small group of business owners where we work together and we get the work done in the sessions. So we really make a lot of progress during that six weeks. I think what I can promise you in the group is you will actually grow your revenue. You will actually grow your business during that six weeks. And that's the exciting part about it because you know you're going to get results by joining it. But I'm going to facilitate it and it'll be a small group and we'll really make a lot of progress together. If it sounds interesting to you, you can join the waitlist by clicking the link in the show notes. It's greenhousecoaching.co slash business owners. And the cost of the group is $3,100. So it's actually really good value compared to one-on-one coaching or any other program out there. 
We're gauging interest at this point, so you can join the waitlist by clicking the link in the show notes or by going to greenhousecoaching.co slash business owners.